Hello and welcome to the What's On at Cineworld podcast. I'm Laurie Blake and I am joined by a very special guest this week. It's Dan Layton. Very Hi, special Dan, guest. Very, very special. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to be subbing in. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for subbing in. Uh, Dan, you've done something quite exciting today just before you came and did this podcast with me. You've been to a real junket in a real person. I got Who to put trousers on. <laughs> that's, so what, that's the best thing. <laughs> yeah, it was like, ah, because the whole time I, my, my top half has had to look really good. But, mm. you know, bottom half, massive Godzilla slippers, ratty pajamas uh, with all of these online junkets. But I got to go to a real place and sit in a real room. With when you put trousers very... on, sorry, go on. Before you, before you say who it is, just when you put trousers on, you're just like, I'm more fancy now. Look at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm oh. like now. I sometimes wear shoes to just sit at my desk at home because I'm just like, <laughs> I have to feel like I'm achieving something that isn't like two yeah. four steps from my bed. Like Very grown up. Very, very loud. Yeah. I'm at work now with my shoes I on. Am an oh, I'm not fancy. Yeah. My carpet, my there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff trod into my carpet, but it's, <laughs> yeah. made, it's made me a better worker. No, well, indeed, anything to make you focus, and we all need it. But no, I, I, I did put on some trousers, and I felt very fancy as I walked into the room with Kristen Stewart. Can you believe? Start, which is wild for me because the uh, back in the uh, lockdown, the first, the OG, the original of the series of the trilogy, um, the the first thing I watched was Twilight. I hadn't really seen Twilight before. So my friends and I in a group chat binged the entire Twilight series, which started ironically and then turned into something that we just loved. So uh, it was a very full circle moment to, to sit across from Bella Swan and have a little chat. But yeah, we were chatting about- <laughs> It could uh, only be you, Bella. Introducing me back into the real world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she looked very lovely. She She looked very comfy, which I admired. Um, and we had a great little chat about Spencer, which is her, her new movie where she plays uh, Princess Di. Um, and yeah, that's due to come out, I think, on November the 5th. But you will see uh, my interview with her about it on the Cineworld YouTube channel. It's a very interesting little movie. It's it's, it's like a chamber piece about um, a weekend that Diana spends in, uh, I want to say Sandringham, which is, for those who are in the know, uh, around the corner from the manor house wherein she grew up. So it's kind of mm. about identity and about uh, the place that you fit and, you know, rules and things like that. Um, very interesting piece. She is quite, quite brilliant in it. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Because, yeah, I think it's like Diana's whole relationship with the royal family, like having having seen various bits of documentary and coverage about mm. it, like it was an it was a very interesting relationship because like Diana was obviously like a fairly well-to-do person to begin yeah. with, but there is still a gulf, a vast gulf between that well-to-do and being the royal family mm. and suddenly trying to fit in there at such a young age. Uh, yeah, is, is kind of incredible, really. It's. I think a lot of the time, um, whenever we see, especially in this country, whenever we see like portrayals of Diana, they are almost caricature. They don't, I think they do her a disservice because mm. she was a real human being with a very complex life. She wasn't perfect. She wasn't this flawless people's princess. Um, and what I loved about, about Spencer is the fact that it wasn't afraid to go there. Obviously she's the protagonist and she's, uh, we see a lot of the things through her eyes, but we never see those things as being this sort of rose tinted, perfect idea of who she was. 
Um, so I, I found that really refreshing as someone who, yeah, has, has I love a biopic and I, <laughs> I love anything about British history. So I've seen a lot of them. So it was quite refreshing. And, and it's what you expect from Pablo Loren, who had done incredible work with Jackie a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, so it, it, it sort of sits nicely alongside Jackie as this kind of famous woman, but we don't really know what's going on behind the, the closed door uh, niche that he's carving out for himself. That sounds it sounds fascinating. And I love the idea that it's kind of like focused in on just one trip. Mm. So you get to see kind of rather than focusing on obviously the big moments in her life that have been covered to death, something small and minute and that gets you really into the character. Very no cameras, very sort of something that we've not seen. It's not a public, you know, event that we're all aware of. It's just, yeah, all very hidden away. Uh, and it's it's fascinating. But we are going to gear shift from Princess Diana to talking about cars because there has been a set photo <laughs> from Transformers 7 released and I am super excited. That is the main topic of this week's episode. Here is the show. On this week's show, we take a first look at the robots in disguise while they're in disguise as we get the first teaser image from the set of Transformers 7. We'll go through this week's latest releases, including The Addams Family 2. And we'll run down everything you can book tickets for at your local Cineworld right now. So, Dan, this is exciting news for me. I'm positively vibrating at this. I can because feel it. The, the, the first <laughs> like on-set images... From the new Transformers film, Rise of the Beasts, have been put online on Instagram by Stephen Cable Jr., uh, the director of the film, and they show all the, the Autobots, Dan, in their lovely okay? little Generation 1 colour schemes and forms. Oh, <laughs> it's, 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 I don't know why we've brief. waited so long, Dan. How long has the series been going on at this point? 2007 was the first one, wasn't it? So it's been yeah. about nearly 15 years, and they're only now giving you what you want. But was it yeah. worth the wait when you look at these pictures? They, uh, it was worth the wait. I think my love for Transformers has only somehow managed to... It's weathered the storm of them uh, killing off Jazz in the very first film, Dan, which almost what? lost me. It almost lost me. I, I was almost gone when Jazz died. I was like, that Jazz, my favourite one. And that, 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 it. That, when it's your favourite one, that's quite heartbreaking. Mm. But then Bumblebee brought the hope back. Bumblebee yeah. had the lovely bit on Cybertron at the beginning when they were all in their sort of like G1... Um, retro robot space forms which is great then you had the people then you had the stuff on the planet where you got like to see some of the decepticons as like the proper jets and you got to see bumblebee in a really cool sort of old school form and now we're seeing even more of the autobots and the decepticons in kind of more generation one inspired forms in this image so like where this is this if i'm not wrong this is coming from like an old old transformers show like the source material they've they've drawn from is quite a, uh in the past is that right so when i'm yeah when i'm when i'm saying generation one i should probably explain right. this for people who aren't i'm very who aren't nerds who aren't stupid le nerds like me who know all this stuff for some reason. <laughs> not no uh, own it own it come on people who people who aren't obsessed with transformers generation one been is outside. the 
is the yeah, people people who don't spend their time watching cartoon reruns from the 1980s um the the, the like original set of transformers which were all imported toys that became the transfer they, they imported all these weird toys hasbro uh from disparate bits of japanese kind of uh toy lines into one toy line and then they made this whole story of transformers out of it those models and that that tv series is known as generation one and anything after that is absolute bobbins <laughs> and it's Phil, you're, you're muck for liking it as far as I'm concerned. Generation one, all the way, baby. <laughs> Although, of course, if you do like it, I like you. So that's balance. That's what balance looks like. It's you. That's that's yeah, that's fair, that, that's fairness <laughs> and balance. Um, but yeah, so this is this is this is an interesting kind of um arc for the film, I think, to take because one, it's kind of giving the old school fans that little nostalgia pop of showing these um these kind of forms for the Transformers. We haven't seen what they're going to look like as robots yet, but you'd yeah. assume that it would hew a bit closer to um, what was seen in Generation 1, which is kind of chunkier and more anime-ish. Anime-ish and that's very than... the vibe, because nostalgia is like, we love that stuff. Like, we we love going back to, I mean, with the new Ghostbusters movie, nice bit of nostalgia pop. With Bumblebee, even, it was a nice little... Like, as you say, like, at the beginning giving you a little little spice of, oh, you know this, you know this. So, like, that's very mm. on vogue in general. And I think you want to do it in a way as well. Like, the, like what, I've, what I've really enjoyed about Ghostbusters Afterlife marketing so far has suggested that it's very reverent of the series and very much aware of where it came from, but is trying to push it in new directions. And I think Bumblebee achieved that quite nicely. Like, I think they were on the right track with the 2007 film. You, you wanted to do Transformers, but you didn't want to just rehash the 1980s mm. movie or like just rehash anything from the cartoons. You wanted to tell a new story, mm. but I think they went too far in kind of changing the law and changing the models and all and changing the kind of characters and all of that stuff. Whereas this is very close to the source material, but seems to be pushing in its own direction. And I really, really like that. That's the best part of like finding the balance when you ha are taking an old product a project or product or ip that's what it's called that's the the proper terminology is ip when you take in an old ip and you are bringing it to fresh you you want to maintain that there's a reason that you want to turn it into something because it has that built-in fan base and it's 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 finding the way of doing that very sort of difficult tightrope walk of maintaining what people love but giving it new life and making it fresh and connecting for people and when i chatted to the team behind bumblebee before cineworld um you could tell that this was a passion project for them. So I think they're injecting that part of it back in where now when we look at nostalgia, we're all so keen on honoring the legacy as well. So this is kind of interesting that they're bringing it all back. Yeah. And so like the, the image uh, which we'll have on screen right now is uh, it's got, you can see Optimus Prime in kind of the truck form that he had. Bumblebee seems to have changed from, a VW Beetle into some sort of uh, a bit more of a sports model. So somewhere between the Dodge that he was in the later films and and the kind of original Bumblebee model. There's Mirage is the kind of sports car one, apparently. Uh, Paramount and Hasbro confirmed. I got excited for a second. I thought they brought Jazz back, but they haven't. It's apparently Mirage. So maybe one day. Maybe one day Jazz will come back. Maybe one day he'll get his due. Um, then there was uh, RC, is what people are speculating the motorbike inch uh, is, which is the first ever female Transformer that they did. Yeah. And then there's a VW van, which is the mystery everyone's talking about. Um, speculation is that it, 
Yeah, that's just it. That's just parked just out. That's someone's. That's that's how they got there. That's the. That's, the yeah, that's the crew rocking that's up what... and forgetting to clear it from the shot. That's the Downton Abbey plastic bottle. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry about that. It's just a fan, everybody. People are speculating that this is this might be Wheeljack, Jack, who is quite a fan yeah. favorite character, and we haven't seen in any of the films so far. Um, Question. Interestingly, to um, me, gone. Does is it Wheeled Wheeled Jack? Wheel Jack. Wheel Jack. Does Wheel Jack have like? sort of 70s Woodstock energy because if so that would be great no so Will Jack was like a like a mechanic type character in the original right. and he was actually like a race car but yeah so I don't Give know it it, could, if it's gonna be a VW if it's gonna be a van I want it to have flower power so come on change the film I asked for it thank you <laughs> do it right do it this second do it do what how I say <laughs> the other thing that I think is like the other thing I as a fan I'm excited for in this is that there's there's not just this like looking at the generation one cartoon for inspiration they're using the other best transformers bit of media that ever occurred which was beast wars the cg cartoon they did like mid to late 90s which was all about like transformers that had been sent to the past they'd gone they'd gone to earth in search of energon which is their like life force and they ended up somehow in the past where there were dinosaurs so they all took on like dinosaur or animal forms um and that's why this is called rise of the beasts is because we're going to start seeing some of the maximals and the predacons as the autobots and decepticons became renamed appear in this film Uh, apparently it's going to feature rhinox who was the big rhino one and optimus primal who was uh, a gorilla uh, but he is oh, a sort of he's sort of like a protege of Optimus Prime to a degree. Um, Listen, so- this is what I love about the movies. I love big things smashing each other. So if you're going to take one of the first things I saw when I went back to the, the cinema back in the summer was Godzilla vs. Kong in 4DX. I'd already seen it at home, but I wanted to see it in big, smashy, throw me about action. So if you're going to bring me that stuff, I'm all about it. I'm here for it. I think that's, yeah, and that's really, that's the kind of fun thing. This is kind of, uh, this has kind of got that big kaiju versus giant mecha thing going on where we're probably going to see like huge robot dinosaurs taking on giant robot people and big, big gorillas having a fight. Like, I, that that's tagline. perfect that's for it. a transformer. That's the whole tagline. Big robot dinosaurs taking on big robot people. You don't need to do any other marketing. We're in. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> So yeah, I like as images go. This is one that this is probably one of the ones. This this is the subject that we've spoken about on what's on that I am most excited about because I think there's been some wobbles along the way with Transformers, but I feel like Bumblebee brought us right back on track. And this image from Steve Capel Jr. just says to me that they are going to be spot on with this movie, Mm. and I am so so excited. You always want to be a little careful, don't you? That it's not getting carried away because it is just an image it is just a picture so we don't know these are all speculative stuff but when you look at that and then you look at the cast who's in it so we've got dominic fishback has just come off being nominated for a bafta anthony ramos uh ron perlman it's a great cast you know like it, it, it there's got a lot of things going for it and so this could very well be exactly what you're dreaming of and i hope it is for you no one else <laughs> for you i hope it feels good thank you dan that's so you're kind welcome. of you Out now at Cineworld, and new this week is The Addams Family 2, a lovely animated 
October themed uh, adventure oh, yeah. for all the family. Good time of year to release an Adams Family film. Yeah, very I nice. genuinely liked and loved the Adams Family, the first Adams Family uh, kind of reimagined CG film. I think it had this kind of really offbeat sense of humor as you would expect from an Adams Family film. It had a quite heartwarming, interesting story about the, the kind of families beginning to win over the town in which they were they live and they're kind of outcasts and has some really like laugh out loud funny moments. It, it kind of it, one of those ones that walks the very careful line between it's very good for kids, but as an adult you can still go and enjoy that film. Uh, did you get a which is, to see as it? much as everyone says this, that is a tricky thing to pull off. Like that is a the, the, to walk that line again between entertaining kids and entertaining adults it can go too far one of two ways so to, to to marry that is quite quite impressive i didn't get a chance to see the original but i do love everything adam's family like i think that the reason it's so popular the reason that people latch onto it is because we all feel a little bit like that outsidery person you know we all feel like we arrive in a place and everyone's looking at us and it's a bit weird of course i love the classic movies i love the musical mm. i love the classic series i think Adam's Family is just a, a wonderful piece of, of entertainment. And I think that the, it's kind of the the look of this feels very current. You know, I love the kind of Tim Burton meets Illumination sort of visual style of it. Yeah, it's got this, it, it walks this really nice line between not being too grungy and not being too cartoony and it's just but it's got a very distinct look and everyone's kind of got that that fun proportions but they kind of still feel like because these are such well-known characters as well like they they kind of all still feel like they're the right kind of person when you see them animated. Do you know what I mean? It's no one, yeah. you don't look at anyone and go like, oh, that's not how I imagined him. Well, that's not how mm. I've seen them portrayed before, but it's not a direct lift either from just the classic series or the classic movies. Like it is, it is something fresh and new, but still keeps the essence of what made the Adams family so great. Yeah. And I think when you're doing anything like this animated, it is fun to reimagine a character that is known so well to like really play with, like you say, proportions and things like that. And just when you have this cast as well, you, you sort of base level cast of characters, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz. Like you, you have a team of people who are going to give you excellent voices and excellent characteristics. So it's that marriage of all of the different elements. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to have, what a great opportunity to see the first Adams family and then catch up with this at the pictures. Exactly. And then also if you are, uh, if you, if you're wanting something kind of Halloween-y, but you're mm. a little bit of a fraidy cat. This is the perfect film. Or if you've got young ones I as well, this is a great film to go see. Awful at horror films. I'm so bad at horror films. I can't do it. And then, which means that like the last couple of weeks of my October are usually very quiet at the pictures because I'm like, well, I can't go and see this one. I can't because I will be absolutely <laughs> scared witless and I'll not be able to get home. Um, so it's lovely to have something for <laughs> the weak among us like me. <laughs> But you're going to like a couple of the things that are also out at Cineworld right now, but more on them in a second. Because also out now is No Time to Die, Dan. Have you seen that? Indeed. I have. I was very lucky in my capacity as film boy extraordinaire to go to the uh, official uh, multimedia screenings. It was happening at the same time as the premiere. Not good enough to go to the premiere, but I did get the thing that was on at the same time as the premiere. So I put on a jacket. I felt very glamorous and <laughs> saw the movie in all its glory. Um, had a martini beforehand because obviously um yeah i had a great time As i think it's, tradition. it's 
as is tradition, as is necessary, I think. Yeah, I, I, I had a great time. I thought it was really fun. I think that it's, interestingly for me, a little bit like Daniel Craig's trajectory as Bond overall, insofar as there were moments where I was so in it, so about it, moments where it didn't quite hit the mark, but the whole thing was just, it's everything you want from a Bond movie. It's glamorous, it's action-packed, Anna de Armas is incredible. She's in it for a very short period of time, but wow, does she make an impact. I think it's it's just what we have missed from going to the pictures. That was something that I really, you know, felt the whole way through that, you know, you can't ignore the fact that it has been so long coming out, that it was delayed and pushed back and pushed back. And it is absolutely worth the wait because you just don't get things like this very often. But if that doesn't tickle your fancy, how about the Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of Newark, with James Gandolfini's son playing a young Tony Soprano? Or the latest from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? A little bit of pre-Halloween spooking if you fancied seeing Malignant or Candyman? Then there's Free Guy or the Paw Patrol movie to round out what is in Cineworld right now. You can book your tickets for those by clicking the links in the description down below, but you could also pre-book to come and see some of the biggest movies to hit Cineworld later this year, including Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which is coming out in IMAX, 4DX, ScreenX, and Super Screen, and that'll be released on the 15th of October. So get your tickets in there, because we've got to know what happens in that end credit scene. If alien symbiotes aren't your thing, though, how about massive, big, blooming alien sandworms? Because June is also coming to Cineworld on the 21st of October, and you can pre-book tickets to see it in IMAX, 4DX, and Super Screen. And I am going to do that now. I'm doing it now. You can also get tickets for special screenings for the month of October, including Scream's 25th anniversary re-release, which is out on the 12th of October and the 31st of October at Cineworld Cinemas. You can see Blade in 4K on the 30th of October, or you can watch the 20th anniversary screening of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone on the 29th of October or the 31st of October. Witches and Wizards for Halloween, Dan. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, you know, it's tis the season. So, tis the season indeed. And if you really want to get into witches uh, for the season, on the 26th of October, there is a Hocus Pocus re release being shown at Cineworld Cinemas. Hocus Pocus, a classic Halloween film and a lot of fun. Yeah, and a prime opportunity for a whole generation who haven't really had a chance to see, because it is beloved for so many of us, a generation who haven't had a chance to experience it at the pictures, you know. Introduce the the youngs among us, the young ones, to go and see Bette Midler sing and I put a spell on you in full witch gets up. Listen, it's it's life changing. <laughs> But perhaps even more excitingly for you Cineworld Unlimited card holders, there is a special unlimited screening of the 2021 Denis Villeneuve June happening on the 18th of October. And you can go and book your tickets for that right now. Dan, I know you've seen it. Get into that. The lucky man. Tell us about it. Listen, I will be booking my unlimited screening because it is a classic. I I don't want to give too much. I don't want to say too much. But for me, it was a reminder of what cinema can do with this kind of like high 
fantasy science fiction stuff the energy that it gave me was that of og lord of the rings it was not afraid to be slow and take its time and challenge the audience to keep up it treats its audience with respect it treats the material with respect listen everyone's gonna have a fantastic time with it we all know timmy chalamet you say is the big poster child of the movie but rebecca ferguson is incredible so get into that unlimited screening and i'm sure we'll talk about it loads more in the in the weeks to come but oh boy I am so excited and I think I'm probably going to be booking tickets to go see this because I have been rereading. I reread June quite recently. I'm reading June Messiah right now. I love this setting. It is incredible and it's like so interesting and deep yes. and well built and oh, and so rich. There's so much of it. There are so many and, and I, I haven't read the original, um, but there's so much that I understand from reading about it, that they have built on and only added to and, and never taken away from. They've just made it even stronger. And, and you can feel that throughout the movie. It's just so, as I say, rich. The setting, the landscape, the character work, the costuming, the production design. It's delicious. It's so good. <laughs> I had such delicious, good like the spice melange itself, delicious. Indeed, and highly indeed. addictive. And of course, you can still book your tickets for a bit of event cinema to see Cliff Richard, The Great 80 Tour Live, which is only on the 27th of October this year. So Dan, last week, Ollie and I sat down to talk about Venom uh, to Let There Be Carnage and this apparent end scene this 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 kind of post credit scene mm. that's floating around and that has got people it's piqued people's interest as to what it mm. could be a lot of people speculating that it might be spider-man showing up a lot of people speculating it might bring venom into the mcu and there was a lot of talk in last week's show about venom kind of Sony wanting to bring their spider-verse into the mcu but also keep it a, se- a separate entity and do their own sinister six movie uh, which got a lot of people in the comments talking uh desmond williams said I think Spider-Man should have his own movie climax. Like, he's part of the Avengers, of course, but give him his own thing with the Spider-Verse as well, because I don't see him grabbing the Avengers and fighting the Sinister Six, but a Spider-Man team up into the Spider-Verse movie, I'm down for that. And we obviously know that Sony Sony are perfectly capable of doing a Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man teaming up with Spider-Men's and Spider-Women's from across the multiverse. And Mm. obviously, like, as the MCU moves into the multiverse, that gives us a lot of opportunity there to see different aspects of different characters from different walks of life um the spider-man specifically doing his own sort of spider-verse finale to his own set of films is that something you'd like to see well i think this is what's so fascinating about where we are at not just in terms of narrative but the movie business in general the all of the studio mergers and and then you know sony having their own thing and disney having their separate thing it has opened up the possibility for essentially what is fantasy booking, but for, uh, you know, movies and superheroes. I think that the idea of seeing all of the different Spider-Men come in and and, and close a lot of the doors and neaten up some of the knots that I know a lot of people feel about the various Spider-Men. I know we would do a Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire. Amazing Spider-Man 2 was supposed to be followed on by something else. So I feel like there are a lot of loose ends so the idea mm. of of 
allowing fans the opportunity to see them neatened up is 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 quite appealing. You know, as long as they can do it from a narratively justified and, and narratively satisfying standpoint, I'm all about it because you only really get one shot at something like this. It's that thing of all of the the world and the real life and the what we know as audiences, the kind of meta textual elements of it brought into the film. You only get one or two chances at that. Um, so it, it would be a big ask, but I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's, it's something that needs to make a sense outside of just it's a cool moment that happens. And it yeah. needs to be like there's a reason that it's, you know, it's Alfred Molina as Doc Ock again. Like there, there needs to be a reason that we're getting the tease of uh, the old Green Goblin coming back. You know, that that's why we need these kind of things to feel whole, like that kind of nice, like you said, neatening, neatening up of the edges, like closing yeah. all the kind of tying up your loose ends, essentially. Um, and I think the multiverse gives you a great opportunity to do that, like in a way that does satisfy the narrative but uh, you're right there. <laughs> it just dropped, sorry, it dropped a little, uh, <laughs> dropped a coaster. <laughs> but at least it was in the audio medium. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the kind of, the fun thing with this is that it feels like because the multiverse has opened up in the MCU, even if Sony just takes that ball and runs with it in their own direction, there's still loads that they can do with that in their own kind of universe without it necessarily having to fit into what the overall end goal of the MCU is. Mm. Um, and obviously that builds out of, this, this seemingly builds out of uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which Raven Zombie said, at this point, I'm more hyped to see a Maximum Carnage movie than anything in the MCU multiverse. Maximum Carnage is, it's brilliant. It's such yeah. a good storyline and it's so fun. Like they they recently redid kind of a Carnage uh, event as well, where it sort of spun out into Null, the god of the symbiotes appearing and coming to Earth and all like it was the King in Black storyline came out of the Carnage stuff. Mm. It's this big goopy thing that takes over everyone and starts to turn them all <laughs> mad. I don't like, I don't know what how you turn that into like a whole movie, but I would well, love to see that. I think with any comic book i mean the, the the joy of comic books and why they are such a rich source they're like a font of all films at this point is because they were made and they were written and they were they were drawn by these incredibly creative people who are sort of unafraid and they they don't have restrictions other than their imagination and what they're capable of, of drawing um they can create these fascinating stories and 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 when you consider that there are what is it 60 70 years worth of with of, of, of narratives to choose from you've just got so much that you can play with and it is playing with it i think it's fun for you know screenwriters and directors and actors to to jump in and play around in these in these incredibly elaborate worlds so yeah i love carnage and i love venom purely for them being things that will smash at each other. I like smashy things. I've discussed this several times. I like to go and see big smashy monsters smash on each other and see what happens. See the carnage unfold. So yeah, maximum I'm, carnage I'm is the keen. most smashy of all. It's the smashiest well, of the smashies. Here you go. Then, I, then it, that's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> Put me down for one of those, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Liam Hemstock said, I look at what the MCU is doing now and I wonder, what if we're building up to Secret Wars as the next Endgame type film? There'll be Avengers films before it, obviously, with what they're doing with Venom and how Sony wants to connect into the MCU. And after that, seeing the post credits scene, all I can say is 
good job. I wonder if we would get Secret Wars with the Avengers, X-Men, Guardians of the Galaxy, Fantastic mm. Four, Sinister Six, Thunderbolts, and Young Avengers all in one massive film. The only thing, so my only counterpoint to that is, what about the wages? Uh, well, <laughs> like, no, the, the budget would be ridiculous based on like fees alone. Yeah, but, I think. I, I mean, it probably make the most money, surely. Like, well, true, they'd absolutely recoup it. But I think, but what is interesting about this and at this point in MCU in general and where the Marvel movies might be going is that we we didn't know Endgame was going to happen when they released Iron Man. Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm absolutely had an end goal like he knew this is what i would like to do but they literally bet the house on making iron man they didn't know they had to i think it was remortgage the studio and, and essentially mm. um put all of their eggs in one basket just to get iron man off the ground and that was it's very much it's b movie it's a uh, b team superhero movie so when that did well and then the next one sort of did okay and then the next one the next one we all felt the avengers was this well where do you go from that you've done it like Mm. what what happens and it was only after that that it was like oh we're gonna do the infinity saga that's what you're doing and then the next one it builds and it, it kind of grew very organically um now that we've had endgame we're sort of a little bit back to square one i think it's easy for us all to be like well let's do this next massive one. Let's do this. And, and think that kind of 10 years ahead. But I think it's going to be a lot more sort of like, let's see what happens. I trust in the process. I trust that Marvel know what they're doing. Um, and as I said, there's so much to, cho- to choose from and to play with. Um, I, I do think sometimes when I think of all of the different people coming in into one giant movie, I am a little bit like, that sounds great, but on screen, is that going to be chaos? Is that going to be too much? Um so I don't know, sort of careful what you wish for from me. Yeah, I think you want to do it in a way that like, I think what uh, Infinity War and Endgame did really well is that they kind of had zeroed in on this is our main cast of characters. And there's some yeah. other people we've set up that maybe haven't had their time in the sun just yet, but they're going to be featured in this film. And then you have this big all out brawl splash panel version of uh a fight at the end where everyone yeah. jumps in and you get to see oh, everyone have so a little bit good. of a moment. And it's really great, but yeah, it, they're not necessarily characters in that film. In fact, they don't even exist before the last 20 minutes of the film, essentially. You know what I mean? So I think with it's interesting with the multiverse stuff because there's so many different ways to tie it up and it does feel like Secret Wars, the storyline in which all of the universes were crammed, they were all exploding at once and they were crammed together essentially into one hodgepodge mm. world that dr doom uh was the king of um i think what would be what would be there, really interesting but maybe too high concept for even the mcu well, at this point i think what's interesting about what you were saying there because i think you're right that it does sound high concept that does sound like a lot but it's definitely a way to do it and i think the way to do it which is what you said which is key is narrow in focus on what your story is and i think that they did that with endgame specifically it was the story of of iron man and you know, they, they they brought all of their characters down. They mm. focused on this is what we're going to tell. We're going to really focus on these moments. And that's the key to doing anything high concept and big like this. With all these big characters, you really have to know, strip all of it away, bring it right the way down, really distill it, really dilute it. What is our core story? And if they nail that, then there's a chance they can go as high concept as they want. Yeah, I've got, and I, I actually have every confidence that they could pull off something yeah. as crazy as Secret Wars and and, you know, subsequently something like a battle world or whatever you wanted to do after they've that got, because... they've got a track record of doing great stuff so like in marvel we trust kind of 
they made the Guardians of the Galaxy work, who yes. didn't didn't work in comics apart from like one very limited ten issue or whatever it was run. Like mm. the Guardians of the Galaxy never necessarily worked in comic books, but the films are what made them like a mainstay of the comics now. Essentially, For like sure. they were they were pretty popular before, but they were offbeat and weird, and their offbeat weirdness in the film is what won everyone over. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm completely confident that Marvel can pull it off with whatever they choose to do to yeah. resolve we still the don't multiverse. Know. Maybe they won't resolve the multiverse for ages. Maybe maybe, maybe they'll they just won't. fix the timeline of the, of the main universe, but the multiverse is still out there. Uh, but it's so exciting for us to be sat at, like, it's so exciting for us to be sat at moment one and, like, have, you know, we don't know. We don't know yet. We're still, we're still waiting to see the first multiverse movie, really. We, we've only just been introduced to this concept. So, like, what's going to happen? Well, it's that, that's what's the most exciting, is the fact that we can speculate and we don't know. Dan, it's a brave new world. It or, is. Or, or worlds, I guess, because it's the multiverse. Uh, yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting to see. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, please do book tickets to go see Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, and, and start the ball rolling with that one. Uh, that is all we've got time for on this week's edition of the What's On at Cineworld podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please do head over to the Cineworld YouTube channel and watch the in-person video version of this or just leave a comment on the main topic because we will be reading them out on podcast versions so that would be really useful we'd want to hear your thoughts on the main point from this show which is about transformer 7 which i'm very excited for don't i don't know if you know um really really very very excited for transformer and i'm just 7. excited for you yeah and i hope that is just a vw van it would be great. I think just, just yeah. having a van in shot that they didn't even notice, that's brilliant. It's, Send people into overdrive. <laughs> well, here's here's hoping. Thank you so much for joining me, Dan. Uh, thank you for stepping Pleasure. into the breach. Um, and that is it. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>